son of a bitch, look what you've done. <laughs> you can touch any of the buttons but these two. Those are the control buttons. But those are the ones I want to touch. Don't touch them. This one is the theme song. No, oh, it's no. not. to the Desert Island Society. I'm Madeline. I'm Xander. Welcome to Desert Island Society. We are dissecting various lists of things that we would bring with us to a desert island, sometimes very literally, other times not. I feel like today's topic, very much in the not category. Not literally, no. Not, not possible. No. <laughs> because you can't take them to a desert island. So... What have we spent the last 48 hours doing? Playing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So Does whatever a Spider-Man does. <laughs> which is stop a lot of armored yeah, vehicles. Which, <laughs> New York has got a lot of armored car heists going on. But it's a really great game and I've really been enjoying it. What about you? It's really fun. I am always a bit nervous because I feel like I have the tendency to play the less combat heavy games like when i play a lot of games like fallout i love it because it has vats i'm not great at like lots of people surrounding me fighting it just like stresses me out and then i get flustered and i'm not very good at it so i that's like i never played the arkham series because of that reason even though i like the concept of it this definitely takes a lot from arkham in terms of of making you really feel like a, a superhero and we were sort of talking about Spider-Man, and I was—I remember thinking, this game is the sequel to Spider-Man 2 that I always wanted. And Sp- for those of you who are under the age of 20, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man 2 came out for PlayStation 2, and I think was, until this came out maybe, the best superhero game of all time. And certainly still ranks among them. I mean, in the, in the top tier, best games ever, and... It is easily, and I'm ready to, to fight about it, I think is the best movie tie-in game possibly ever made. I'm going to say it is. For Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 2. See, I never played Spider-Man 2, but this game, I think, it's the closest I've ever felt to feeling like a superhero. And even though there is a lot of combat, I don't find it to be overwhelming. And no. they're pretty good at guiding you through without being too handholdy. And there's different levels, I think, too. Because I'm yeah. playing on maybe the easiest level. I, I'm not. But oh, yeah. I didn't think it's a lot were. of... It, it, it certainly makes you feel like you're fucking Spider-Man. And I think the Arkham games were really good at that, too. Where you were Batman. And it, it felt like you were Batman. And you felt that sort of super competence. Like, you were going to take him down. Like, you never really felt like you were in danger. You felt like you were the danger. Like, now I'm going to have to kill all of these guys. Or I guess as Batman, I'm going to... Incapacitate them. Although, I'm pretty sure some of those guys... Spider-Man's the same thing, like, yeah, okay... You kicked a guy off the Chrysler building. Yeah. I don't 
think he's alive. I, I don't think so either. I think that that's all she fucking wrote for him. But we uh, we were talking about what other games would you want to see a sequel to that, that didn't get one. And I felt like Spider-Man 2 never really got the sequel that it needed until now. And there have been two Spider-Man 2 movies since then. Mm-hmm. So we each came to prepared with a list of five other games we wanted to see a sequel to that we felt deserved a sequel. And now for my favorite part of the show, which is the part where I make the rules about Uh, what counts. What counts? These have to be sequels to a game that didn't get a proper sequel. It can't be... We can't do games like... We both want to say Fallout. Right. Oh, yeah. But like Fallout has sequels. Sequels. They They just just are terrible. (laughs) Like... No, I would say specifically Fallout New Vegas needs a sequel, but it doesn't count. Right. Don't look at my list. Um, I also think that like there has to have been enough time to have passed. Like it can't be something that came out last year that we really like. Like it can't be like Spider Man needs a sequel. Like it's been out for two days. So. Oh well, too bad. There's something <laughs> like that on my list. Already breaking the rules. Okay, so let's get started. You want to go first? Because you always go first. Sure. Okay. Since you called out something that came out last year that needs a sequel. That we're not supposed to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that is Detroit Become Human That's needs a sequel. Without like 11 minutes. I know, but it needs a sequel. And here's why. Why? It did. Okay, here's something. If you guys don't know this about me. I am obsessed with the concept of choices and branching storylines. I think it's so interesting. I think it's one of those things that's like what most people, a lot of people want video games to be like. Like to feel like you're really mattering and making a difference and i think detroit does that better than almost any other game i think what's interesting is specific kinds of games that people really like there's things there's mechanics that people really like i have a friend who would play any game where if you just pressed the button and your experience went up like he doesn't want anything but to press the button (laughs) and level up and like it doesn't even have to do anything and you, you would play a game that had no point you would play a completely boring, mundane game where you just like wandered around a house and made choices. Yes, like Gone Home, a great game. Yes, and I would play a game where there were bases and a map to clear. Yeah, you do. Love I would just do it all day. I mean, like, <laughs> I love it. So, I, I did find Detroit was less boring than a lot of the games that you like. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's boring at all. I think it has choices that really feel like they make a difference in the game. And it has this graph that flow you can, chart the flow chart that you can look at and there's so many different options and so many things and some of the things don't really make a difference they're just little fun things like you can save this fish that fell out of a yeah. out of a fish Aquarium, tank yeah. and that doesn't really matter but it's a fun little detail but then there's huge things where like the first time i played through it i i accidentally killed one of the characters and i missed everything after that this whole giant set piece where these three characters met, this character wasn't there, and it changed everyone else's story, too. And that's something that I think, you know, they say the Telltale Walking game, Walking Dead games try to do that, but they're a lot smaller in that Still. aspect, and they don't really feel like it really makes a difference. Well, like, and, and I feel like a lot of times the choices, and the thing that I liked about Detroit is that they didn't do this, but where the choices are like, you either are Jesus or, like, Hitler, and your yeah. choices are to either be like, I will show mercy or like I will massacre this entire village. Like there's never any Yeah. 
And I also think, like, usually it's like, you can save Sally or you can save Jack, but, like, it doesn't matter because in the end they're both serving the same purpose. And it's just, like, the skin is different on the person that's doing the thing. Or even worse, it's like shit show Bioshock Infinite where (laughs) the choice literally makes no difference. And I guess before you tell me, I know that was the point. I understand that that was the point. But it was still stupid. The game sucked. I hated it. But I think that you could do something really cool with Detroit with a sequel where kind of on the vibe of the game uh, there's a lot of different endings that you could have obviously right. and i don't think they said they said they did, weren't really sure how many endings there were based on how many choices but you could which set is it- so stupid <laughs> like of course you do a- it David Cage aside, it's a it's a really fun game. You lions, but I think you could set it in the future where like maybe the androids are all kind of living amongst everyone and like it's not quite as like segregated and that sort of thing, and then have some story based on that. Sure. And I think they could improve upon the stuff they already did really well and make a really cool, compelling game that kind of talks on some other subjects. And not about whether AI is sentient. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot off of that yeah. to using what may well be the sequel to that game, which is the one that I really wanted to see a sequel to was Enter the Matrix, which was oh. a PS2 game, which was about that. sentient AI that they found a city and then they'd kill all humanity and enslave them. <laughs> Exciting. The, the Matrix is really just the distant future <laughs> of Detroit. For real. Human. And actually, Detroit really did crib from that before the fall or the second renaissance or whatever the the Animatrix short about the history of the universe was. They really did talk about that a lot. But Animatrix, it it had some faults, and I think a lot of people really didn't like it when it came out, and a lot of people talk badly about it now, but I really loved it because they managed to get around what I'm going to call the Superman 64 problem, which is you can't be Superman in a game. It doesn't work because Superman is so overpowered that you couldn't create a game world. It wouldn't actually be fun to play for very long. So in Enter the Matrix, they made the controversial choice of having you not be Neo or anybody who hangs out with Neo, really, because he can change, you know, he can alter the code of the universe. So it's, it's you can't make that game. You can't code that game anyway, especially not in PS2 era. So they had you play as these sort of ancillary, like, second-tier characters, but they filmed like hours of extra footage when they were filming the second the the second two movies uh, two and three that weren't in the movies that were just in that game and so the game weaves its way through the second two movies in a really cool way and it adds a lot of context and a lot more to the story which games don't really do anymore and I think it's because it it didn't quite work when they did it but I thought it was so neat What's the what is like the game mechanic of the game? Is it just like an action game? Yeah, it's like or, a, okay. it's like a third person shooter. It really it cribs a lot from Max Payne. That's a remedy game. I'm gonna talk about remedy later. Oh, I think we might have the same game on um, my list. No, Quantum Break is not on my list. I didn't ever play Quantum Break. Um, but you got that bullet time mechanic where like you were faster and you could slow down time and dodge bullets and stuff. And there were two different characters you could play, and they had different stories that intersected. And that that all intersected with the movies in a really neat way. And, like, stuff would happen in the movies. You'd be like, how did they know to get there? And it turns out that, like, there's this whole story and you get to play it. And it's super cool. And the game was actually a lot of fun. I don't care. People say that, oh, it was really hard. It was really buggy. It was really glitchy. 
Yeah, it was glitchy. It was really ambitious. And sometimes when you're really ambitious, things don't work exactly the way that you want to. And they were on a really tight schedule. I love the way that the Matrix Media franchise, and I don't think they get a lot of credit for this, all of it intersects with each other. So the Animatrix happens, and there's a there's a movie in there called Final Flight of the Osiris. And in Final Flight of the Osiris, they, do, they drop a package in the Matrix that sets off the events of okay. Reloaded. Sure. That's like the, the MacGuffin that starts Reloaded. But they drop it off at a post office box. And at the beginning of Matrix Reloaded, it's already at the meeting of all the captains. And the beginning part of End of the Matrix is how you get that thing from that post office box to the meeting. That's cool. And it's really neat because like, if you just watch the movies, you're like, oh, they have this thing and they're at the meeting. But mm-hmm. if you went deeper, there was like this whole story about where that thing came from. A little bit like Rogue One sort of adding context to something yeah. that already exists. But they did it across two different media forms which i thought was super cool and a video game makes perfect sense for the matrix like Mm. of course it's a video game so i really love that game and i really would like to see more cross media stories like that yeah i think that would be cool i'd love to see this isn't like really but i'd love to see them do a john wick video game oh yeah i think that would be so fun you know and I, i i think marvel could do this too because they do already do a really good job of having the tv shows that sort of exist in the same world but I would like to see some cause and effect stuff happen. Mm-hmm. That um, would be really cool. Well, another one that is on my list is L.A. Noir. Of course it is. I know I might be one of the very few people who like this game. Well, yeah. I can't be that because they did remaster it. So other people like it too, just not you. No, just nobody. I mean, nobody bought the remaster either. We did. Yeah, I bought it for you. <laughs> But here's the thing. And I got a damn good deal on it because I, nobody... I think they redid... So if you never played L.A. Noir, which maybe you didn't because it's not like one of the most popular games, you play as a, a detective trying to solve cases in the sort of noir Hollywood area. Early 50s. Yeah, and LA. it's super fun. It's the best... I I always feel like... In another life, I would have been a really good detective because I love snooping and I love... Because you can't stay out of other people's Eavesdropping and I love, like, looking at people and trying to figure out what they're thinking. So I think they did a really good job of those mechanics. Like, the searching the crime scene mechanic is amazing. It's like, it makes you feel like you're doing it without providing too many hints. It's not like, look over here, unless you... But it's not pointlessly hard either like right. it holds it doesn't hold your hand but it, it's not you don't get stuck mm-hmm. and you and you can leave a crime scene with like not having found everything which i think is cool and it won't it'll kind of change your story um which i also like i think the biggest problem that people had with Noir was the interrogation section yes which was not kind, great it, it was not the best i think the facial capture thing was really cool and the concept of like being able to look at someone's face and be like, okay, are they lying? What is their facial twitching yeah. doing? And they did a really good job of making those look super realistic. I think the problem was with that that doubt option. You could either say they're telling the truth, lying, or doubt. And I think when they did the remaster, they changed that doubt. To good cop, bad cop. Yeah, to another accused. thing. Yes. And I think that made way more sense. Way and I think it more sense. made the gameplay more flawlessly. And so I think if they go on that thing, here's my pitch for another Eleanor game. Oh, Jesus. I think they the should... The 70s. 
No, they should do a thing where they're trying to solve the Zodiac murders. And you can pick up papers and said do 70s? ciphers. You said 70s. But, what if, <laughs> but wouldn't that be really fun? Yeah, that would like be cool. trying to solve the Zodiac murders. You're in 70s California. It's like, it's got very similar mechanics. You have the driving stuff from well, GTA. And Rock, you know Rockstar has been itching to do that 70s game forever. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can bring in some of the stuff from GTA. You can bring in some of the new stuff that they've been working on for Red Dead, which looks amazing. And you can you can really yeah. fine-tune that interrogation mechanic that they've already kind of smoothed over a little bit. I, I think, again, the problem came comes down to it was a really ambitious concept. It was 10% away from working. It just didn't quite work. And the remaster's a little bit better. The, the, the fixing the doubt thing, and it suffered a lot from the Fallout 4 problem where it only gave you a little bit of an idea of what you were going to say, and then you said something completely different from what you meant to do. So you'd be like, I don't know if that's 100% the truth. So you'd be like, I don't doubt. But instead of being like, I think you might be hiding something, ma'am, you're like, you killed your husband! You shot him, and I know you did, you lying bitch! And you're like, whoa! And she's like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Fail. It's like, the the doubt button was pretty often like a uh, immediately fail this mission thing. And I think the problem was, and even when playing the remaster, I never found a use for that. Ever. The bad cop thing never was helpful. All that was, was it was a place to tell you that you missed a piece of evidence. Mm. All it, When you wanted to say bad cop or, or doubt, it just meant that you'd failed an evidence collection. But like that's not fun to me to be like, oh... Well, fuck, I guess I have to start over. See, I feel like I had a different experience because that wasn't... I, I felt like I used it to some effect sometime. So, But I just do think that it's something that needs to be revisited because there ha- there aren't a lot of great detective games like that. And that one was so close to being good. And if they could just fix that part, which I think was the biggest issue yeah, that most it was people a big had. Issue. The city was really cool. And the city was awesome and driving was really good. And the inspecting the crime scenes was really fun the little missions where you had to like shoot the people weren't my favorite but they were really good like they worked well dude that was the other thing that really pissed me off when you shot somebody and they were like police officers don't shoot somebody i'm like this is the los angeles police department (laughs) use of force does not bother them at all how dare you rock star like have you ever been here but fuck off I just think it has really good potential to be a really fun game. I will say, if anybody who's inv- involved in making video games is listening, please, for the love of God, don't do the fucking Jack the Ripper gaslight yeah, detective game. Yeah, I think that's over- I think Piss that's off. Like, it's stupid. It didn't happen. Read some true crime. There was no Jack the Ripper. It's a media invention. So- Arthur Lay Allen was the uh, Zodiac by the way. That's why I think Zodiac would be cool, though, because you could have the puzzle elements of, like, solving the ciphers. What? Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, yeah. <laughs> oh. And in the end of the game, you could find out it's Ted Cruz. It, it skyrockets to the well, future. That was the other thing, I think, that bothered me about L.A. Noir was that it was like, oh, we're going to be a police detective. We're going to do a lot of things. They're like, no, you're going to do the Black Dahlia, like, 420 times in a row. Yeah, it did feel like when we were we were just talking about this, listening to Case File, and when he does every single incidence of the Golden State Killer, and that's how it felt in the game where it's like, oh, another woman raped and murdered. And I, Great. I think, I think that that was the point with the Case File thing. Like, I think he was trying to just be like, these are all human beings, and they all 
how, there's like a human cost to this, but I think that he was trying to make a point about the enormity of that mm-hmm. because it's a true story and that didn't really come across in Eleanor. You were like, well, oh my so God, again. It just kind of wore you down. You kind of got bored. It's supposed to, even though it's serious, it's supposed to be a game that you're having fun playing. So doing the same case 16 just, times in a row is not the most ideal. Interestingly, I read a really cool book. The guy who owns the house, who owned the house, that Angel lives in, in Buffy. Mm-hmm. That guy is suspected by some people. And there's some kind of creepy sort of circumstantial evidence that he was both the Zodiac and the Black Dahlia Killer. Whoa. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's bullshit. I mean, he probably killed somebody, but... Because he's not a good guy, but the the MOs are so different and the times are so different and the areas are so different. Like, it just doesn't seem... You know, like with Golden State, you can see the escalation and the MO remains very similar and the escalation gets worse, which is why it was so easy to connect them and so difficult to solve them. Mm -hmm. Especially because, again, Arthur Lee Allen was the Zodiac Killer. (laughs) So, uh, going off of... Hunting killers, mysteries, and, and great concepts hindered by their technology, perhaps. I'm going to say Alan Wake. Yeah, it's on my list, too. I love Alan Wake. Uh, it's such a good game. And again, it suffered. There are, there, it's not perfect. There are things mm-hmm. about it that don't work. But it's so scary. And like to me, I love horror. Or I guess not. I, I don't love horror. What I love is to be scared. <laughs> it's one of the, the scariest games, I think, that I've ever played. And the story is so tight. And I understand for people who are fans of Twin Peaks, it takes a lot from Twin Peaks. But unlike Twin Peaks, it was immediately interesting and the story made sense. The pace is a little bit better. And it's not so relentlessly Portlandia in its need to be quirky. Like, the story makes makes sense. And they describe a villain. The villain is like the darkness, but they call it the darkness that wears Barbara Jagger's face. And I think that is like the most intensely scary really way to describe scary. it. And she's terrifying. Yeah. I think that that game does a really good job. And it was on my list too. And I actually never finished it because it was during that time where we traded our Xbox in for a PlayStation after the disastrous Yeah, Xbox. after the worst <laughs> Xbox press conference of all time. But, so I never did finish it, but I really enjoyed the levels I did play. I find that, for me, story is really important in a game, which is why I play story-heavy games quite often. Yeah. But in some games, you know, the mechanics are the are the more important part for people, yes. and so the story gets by the wayside, but I think that game does a really good job of balancing the two, in it, my opinion. It was. It was really compelling, and the, the story mechanic balance was really good. Remedy was really good at that once. With Max Payne, which I I know I already called out, they changed video games forever, and I don't know that people pay attention to that, but Max Payne was like the first time that that bullet time mechanic really worked, and the story in Max Payne was super intense, and the way that everything was framed and that sort of noir detective story was, was really great. I would love to see them return to that world it doesn't even have to be alan it could be somebody i just think that the world that they did the world that they created and the mythology that they created was so interesting to me that i'd really like to see a sequel and i know that they did american nightmare but it wasn't really a sequel and it was pretty short wasn't it yeah and i mean it was fine but it suffered the same problems that the actual main game suffered which is that it was pretty repetitive like you found yourself wandering through woods a lot <laughs> but like the part where you found the pages from the book and then it would say something that was like had just happened to you or was just about to happen to you was really interesting and I love that concept and I would really love to see more and I don't know what season two because they called the first game season one I don't know what season two would look like mm-hmm. 
And from my understanding, we're never really going to get it. Well, I know. So I was looking up because they just announced that Control game, which does look really interesting. Quantum Break, I never got to play because it was an Xbox exclusive. Control looks kind of cool. It looks like it has a similar vibe, possibly. Yeah. But I don't know very much about it, other than it's about like a secret agency in New York that has an otherworldly threat attacking it. I appreciate that they're attempting to innovate. And the thing with Quantum Break and the TV show tie-in thing was neat, but like it didn't really work. And that was part of the problem. So they threw them with Microsoft on a shoddily put together idea. And I think they tried their best to make something cool happen and it just didn't work. Well, and I've heard from people who did play Quantum Break that it was fun. That it would maybe, like you were saying with Eleanor, like it was like something that was like almost there, but it, it didn't quite work. And like I said, I can't speak to that because I never did play it. I think they are working with some things and maybe if they fine tuned them for this control game, I don't know. But, if it comes out for PlayStation, I'll probably maybe rent it or check yeah. it out depending on how it starts looking. I will not. Make Alan Wake 2 or get out of my face. <laughs> And I do, you know, and I'm an artist, and so I shouldn't say things like that, but I do get really frustrated with, with companies that complain about having a fan base for something. I know Rockstar is throwing this big fit about how they may not ever make another Grand Theft Auto because, like, they're tired of making Grand Theft Auto. And I do kind of want to say, like, get fucked, idiot. <laughs> like, you make other things, and people are excited for them. Like, I'm really excited for Red Dead. I think you've done really cool things with Red Dead. It is not Red Dead 2. It is Red Dead Redemption 2. I got tired of arguing with people about that. There was another game, and it was really cool, but nobody wants to talk about that one. Yeah, I do think it's weird that they that Remedy both acknowledges Alan Wake. Like, I know there was Alan Wake um, Easter eggs within Quantum Break, like, during some of the episodes, but, but also won't speak to if they're working on it or not. Whatever. I You make whatever stupid TV tie-in thing you want to do. I'm just not going to play it. So who goes next? I guess you do. Okay, so pivoting off of that, off of games that will never be made again, like that I'll never get. <laughs> you don't think you're going to get this. Impossible. Sequel. And this is going to roll a lot of eyes among video game people, but I really want another NCAA football game, a college football game. And they won't ever make one because some some student athletes sued for their, their cut of the profits. Right. And so EA decided they're not going to make any more college sports games at all. Because they don't want to pay them? Because they didn't want to get involved in that. And I think that that's part of a larger problem in American society, which is that we have this weird idea that those kids don't deserve to get paid. Even though they're making the schools billions, billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. And I, I, I grew up in Nebraska. I said this on the last episode. I'm a big Nebraska football fan I because it's like part of the culture that I was raised in. It's very important where I come from. And whatever you think about football, it makes me feel connected to my family and to the place that I am from. And I am not sorry about it, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. What I do think is a bad thing is that everybody in the state of Nebraska that I know has some Nebraska Cornhusker stuff. Everybody. You were there on mm-hmm. game day. You can't even get within two miles of that stadium. Everybody, it's a sea of red. They call it that, you know, the sea of red. You know, That's great, and I'm really stoked that sports can bring people together like that. And if you don't think that that's a powerful force... I want you to consider the fact that I watched 90,000 corn-fred Nebraskans scream and cheer for a guy named Amir Abdullah. Like, that's how powerful it is. It overrode generations of racism and 
decades and decades and decades of Islamophobia just of the name. They learn to accept other people based on this thing. Is that right? Is that right? No. They should be more accepting just because that's how human beings should be. But I think that it's a powerful force for bringing people together and and teaching them to respect people from different walks of life. And I think that's why this NFL thing is so important right now and why we're talking about it. Because we need to learn to not just respect these people for their what their bodies do, but for what their minds do and for what they think and for their experiences. Definitely. But I also know that all of those kids are getting paid nothing for this. Mm-hmm. And college football, basketball, a little bit less so because of how quickly they go from, from college to the pros. You only think have to do like one year. I don't think LeBron James ever played college. I don't know. I don't know very much about basketball. But American college football is the minor leagues. That's, I mean, and if you think otherwise, you're patently wrong. Like you're, that's, there's no arguing with it. That is where you have to go to distinguish your talent to get drafted to play in the pros, period. So the idea that we're not paying minor league athletes under this ridiculous idea of, of them being amateur athletes is criminal. And lots of people are lining their pockets with a lot of money and these kids are getting left out in the cold and they're saying, oh, well, they get a scholarship. Well, that's not good enough. It's not. Right, because a lot of times they're left with traumatic brain injury and a degree that is basically worthless because they didn't get to go to actual classes. And I know that there's a lot of people who are like, well, they're they're making that, they're taking that risk, they're accepting that, or whatever. No, I disagree completely. Like, yeah, they might have that idea, but you're talking about kids who are 16, 17, 18 years old. We as a society should be protecting these kids. Well, I think it's like blaming someone if you go to a roller coaster park and the roller coaster breaks down and you die. And it's like, oh, well, you knew that roller coasters aren't the safest thing. And it's like, well, no, you believed that the people who managed this park like would look Take out for your safety. And if you look, and I know a lot of us have seen the the statistics and the, and the map where it's like the highest paid public em- employee in every state is a sports coach except for like four places. Yeah. So... There's money, and they're, they're spending a lot of money, and I refuse to accept the idea that there is not enough money to pay these kids. And on top of that, there are people who say, oh, well, it's, an, you know, it's with the school, it's for the school, it's part of the school, so they shouldn't get paid. If you work at the bookstore on campus, you're generating revenue for the school, and they pay you. Not and very even, much. But even if you have a scholarship... They still have to pay you. Yeah. So I don't want to hear that you can't produce labor for the school while also going to school on a scholarship. It's bullshit. It is criminal. And I know that the other argument is, well, you know, football is the only one that generates money for Nebraska. And I don't know that that's true, but let's just say that it is. So what are you going to do about the swimmers and the... Okay, figure that the fuck out. That's not my problem. Pay them too, though. You have plenty of motherfucking money. So if what you want to do is tie it to ticket sales or tie it to merchandise sales or whatever, I don't care, but you are robbing these kids and it's wrong. And on top of it being wrong, it makes it so that I have to play Madden and play with NFL teams, even though I have no fucking interest in the NFL (laughs) whatsoever, because I want to play as the Big Red. Why would it be more fun just because of the way that it looks or are the, the mechanics of a college game different than the mechanics of an NFL game? I'm not going to lie to you. It's really not that different. <laughs> it's different. There are subtle ways that it's different. But like, if I really wanted to take the time, I could probably use a creative team thing and make one. But the stadiums are different. Mm-hmm. And the fantasy is different. And why do you play sports games? 
to be part of the fantasy. Of the fantasy that it's your team. And so my team isn't in those games. And I want my team and I want to play my team's rivals and feel connected. Again, sports to me are about feeling connected. And so I want to have them play the tunnel walk and get hyped before the thing. And I want to blow out Mizzou like 195 to nothing <laughs> because I set their difficulty to zero. And I gave myself all 100%. I like in the last college game that you could play, you could play at the Mizzou field and yeah. you could see my dorm from inside the video right. game. Right. That's neat. <laughs> we could see your dorm when I set a college, an FBS record for most points scored. <laughs> Running I, up the score. I ran up the score of Mizzou. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck them. So I think that, you know, college sports is a, is a big can of worms, but I think that refusing to pay these people for labor that they are producing and money that they are producing for the universities is wrong. And we need to do something about it so that those people can live better, more fulfilled lives. And so that I can play fucking NCAA 19 and feel like I'm, I'm whole part of the group. So that is my for the day. Why don't you bring us up with something fun now? So, this one is... I, I feel like it's kind of a gimme, maybe. Or not... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But this one, the one that I think needs another sequel is Crash Bandicoot. Sure. Part of the reason I think that is just because it's probably one of my favorite video games of all time. It is the video game that I remember playing most as a kid that like got me into video games. My dad gave me his old PlayStation 1, and I had, like, three games for it. And two of them were Crash Bandicoot. And I think it's really fun. But with when they just released the new trilogy collection, and they released a new level within that, and I think people are really enjoying it. I think they did a good job updating well, it. They it's enjoyed it so fun. much that they, they're doing Spyro now. Yeah. Which you don't care about, but I'm super stoked. See, I never played, but I'd be, I might look into it if, it if I like it, but I never got to play Spyro. But I think that... People are kind of embracing the quote-unquote retro games, which I don't know how retro 90s is, but people well, want to play those games that they played when they were kids. And I think you could do a cool thing where you know update it and bring it to a new set of kids. And I think it's a really fun platformer yeah. that... I do think that video games are evolving or, or maturing a little bit to the point where we went through a period of time, the Xbox 360 era being the worst of it. And I don't mean that they're bad games. There are so many great games for 360. But everything had to be basically R-rated. And yeah. there wasn't really any room for the sort of platformer thing. And then what, what happened was they realized they weren't just selling Crash Bandicoot to kids. Like, people were buying that game because it was fun to play. Well, I think with the thing with the Switch, it showed us that there's a lot of people out there wanting to play a lot of games like this. Yeah. And... Everything doesn't have to be an open world RPG action adventure game. Like although people... the the two biggest titles for the Switch are open world. But action. there's a lot of other games. I mean, that that's Breath of the Wild. Use what you just described. But I think what what you're getting at is is true that things can be Zelda or Mario Odyssey. They don't all have to be Skyrim. Yeah, and I exactly. think that not everybody has to be square jawed, barrel chested. And I don't dislike those games. You know, I, I I enjoy a Call of Duty game from time to time, but I don't think everything has to be gritty. I think it can just be fun. And I think yeah. that's what Spider-Man has done really well, again, is that it is sort of a, a violent thing because you're beating people up, but it's like all in the sun and everything is pretty and it looks good and you feel like light and fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. Well, and like my little brother just bought the Crash Bandicoot trilogy 
And so when I was back home in Missouri, we played together. And it was really fun to be like, oh, yeah, I played this game when I was your age. And now you're playing it. And he's like, I'm going to 100% it. And I'm like, you no, don't know not. how hard that is. <laughs> well, that was our that was our first. Shout out to Noah. That was our first date was playing. Yeah, Bandicoot it was. That I, was a good date. Yeah, it was a good time. So I think it would do well. I think they could maybe add some new mechanics or do something else to it and kind of update it. But it's pretty much good where it's at. I think people would really enjoy if they brought out some new levels. And it seems like they might be heading in that direction Yeah, anyway. I, I feel like that's a pretty safe bet. Of all the ones we've said, I think that's probably the most likely to see another one. Although, your rule-breaking Detroit becomes... Like, they'll probably get a sequel. I hope so. They did pretty well. They sold super well. Keeping on the subject of, of sort of classic games that or classic mechanics perhaps maybe that you want to see more of i picked war of the monsters oh yeah that would be so fun um, i don't know why there aren't more kaiju fighting games like what the fuck are we doing as a society it seems like it would be a natural tie-in too with um them bringing back godzilla and king kong and all right those well they movies. made a terrible godzilla game when that first godzilla movie came out the one with uh with with malcolm's dad from malcolm in the middle Oh, that Godzilla. I thought you meant the 2001. No. That has Jean the Professional Renault in it. <laughs> One of my favorite <laughs> Who actors. Who am I thinking of? You're thinking of Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Yes, Ferris Bueller. I couldn't think of any of the words. His name is Matthew... Broderick. Broderick. I was like, Matthew Lillard, no. Matthew, Matthew Perry, Lillard. no. Matthew Lillard, no. <laughs> like... I didn't know they made a Godzilla yeah, but it was just recently. Yeah, but it was pretty bad. I mean, that was oh. a couple of years ago. Uh, and it wasn't very good. But it is... I mean, like, you got a Godzilla vs. King Kong movie. They just did a fucking Rampage movie with no video game tie-in. Hollywood, what the hell? <laughs> if you're gonna make a video game movie, you gotta do the video game tie-in. Are you out of your fucking minds? I'm really surprised they never did the Jumanji game with the Jumanji movie. Make the fist with me. Because they are all idiots. <laughs> Dickhead. So War of the Monsters, if you're not familiar with it... PlayStation 2 game where it's basically Godzilla, but they're all kaiju or giant robots. Or, yeah, horror movie monsters. And they fight in cities, and the cities are fully destructible. And so if you're playing with like your wife or at that time girlfriend, you can repeatedly throw her into buildings that will then collapse on top of her. And it was awesome. You can like rip off a radio tower and use it to impale another monster. It's very fun. Especially when, the, when your opponent is cheating and playing as the levitating eye monster. No, who would do that? You. you. I played as the robot or the gorilla. <laughs> but it's an awesome game. It's a lot of fun. It's There's not a lot to it. It's, there's a story mode, but it's basically just a fighting game. But I love, especially on the PlayStation 2, fully destructible environments is a big deal. Yeah, I think it's it does a good job because I don't really like fighting games in general. But that is one that's very fun. It's a good play. It's good to play with other people. And I think that's something I'm going to be paying attention to as time goes on, too, which is it seems like more games are doing couch co-op modes. Yes. And I think that's really nice because I think we swung so far away from that with online being a thing. Yeah. That no games, you couldn't play games together in the same house. We've been spending a lot of time trying to find games we can play together, play together. And it's very difficult, but it seems like at this latest E3 and then recently they've been talking about a lot of different games coming out that have couch co-op modes. And I'd like to see that Continue. happen more 
Um, and it doesn't need to be every game. I don't think every game needs to have co-op, but it would be nice to have more games that, that we can, can play, play together. with people. I agree. Well, and I like this. I like themed things. You like themed things. We're both really into the like heavy branding. Yeah. And so the the whole like it was very 1950s sci-fi. Like everything was really over the top. The selection screen was a drive-in theater. Yeah. Like, I just love stuff like that, and I wish that they would play more on that. And there is a really excellent place for a 1980s Stranger Things styled Ooh, War of the Monsters game. I, I really think we need to get on it. Yeah. We need to get we need to get to it. So you have another one. You have the last one. Okay. Yeah. This is my last one. So this. Hold on. Is... Where's the? I gotta find the the wrong. Okay. I got it. What? How? Why do you Go know ahead. it's gonna be wrong? It. You I know can't. It's gonna be wrong. You can't look at my list. You haven't had a wrong one yet. I mean, you had the one that cheated, but I'm. I just gotta be ready. Go. Okay. My last option is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer game. Why? You can't want a sequel to a game you haven't played. But I'm about to play it. You can't want a sequel to a game you haven't played. You don't know that it deserves a sequel. I do, and here's why. Stop that. No, you're wrong, and there's no defending this. I haven't played it yet, that's true. And here's why. I, my mom hates video games. That's Hi, true. mom. She does. Hate Love you. Games. My mom hates video games. And so when the Buffy game came out, I didn't have a game console you could play it on. There was the one game where I think you could only play it on... There's two for GameCube, I think. Yeah, or two for Xbox. Uh, and then you couldn't... And then one was just for PlayStation. When I was younger, up until I was 19, I only had a PS1 and Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> Woof. And so I couldn't play the Buffy games. And I'm obsessed with Buffy. I've been was watching it, Buffy since it came on. Was it possible to buy a Dreamcast before they were obsolete? <laughs> I got it for Christmas, I think, the year after they said that they weren't making games for it anymore. So, like, 2002? Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> so it literally was obsolete the second you took it out of the box. Awesome. But I had a lot of fun with that Sega Dreamcast. I played Sonic Adventures. I played Echo the Dolphin. I mean, we still Space have Channel it. 5. I'm a more of a, a Space Channel 3 guy. No. I love Space Channel Ooh, 3. Ooh, last week in Report Show is number one. She's working with that alien Michael Jackson. I don't know. <laughs> Trust them. Which suddenly that has like a much darker. So I'm saying, Ulala knew, and she was covering up for for space Michael Jackson, and she was using her position of power within the media to defend a child predator. And I like Space Channel Three, who did not have any of that. Which one is which one is Space Channel Three? The other girl or Jaguar? I don't know. I can't remember. I have been saying this for years to troll you, but I never looked it up. The other girl is named Pudding. And the guy's named Jaguar, and he has a song that he plays every time he comes out. But I don't. Space Channel Five is really fun if you've never played it. Why didn't you pick that one then? Oh, I should have. Because you actually played that game, and you haven't played the Buffy games. Okay, but I'm going to play it, and here's the reason why. Mm. Here's the reason why I think it needs a sequel. They're redoing the show. I'm gonna go ahead and just. I want to lay out my theory. Okay. Fan theory moment, because you like Buffy. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> That's why you think they should make a sequel. And, 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 and. People always like vampires. That's true. And they're putting out the show now. Right, but you don't want to play a game based on the new show. No, it doesn't have 
have to be based on the new show, but you can tie it in with the hype of that. And I think the thing about the Buffy universe is that there's so many stories there. There's so many different ways you can do it. There's so many different types of games you could put out of there. You could play as... There's so many characters you could be. You could make it a monster of the week thing. You could yeah. do it as... Well, that would be the way to do it, I think. Who is doing the reboot? What channel? I don't know, actually. Because, like, if it is, in fact, the CW, you don't want them to make a game. Because they'll make it for, like, $14, and it'll be terrible. <laughs> I actually don't know. I know Joss Whedon is involved. Oh, good. I don't know very much else about it, actually. I do know Dark Horse had all of the licensing for a while, because they were doing the comics with him. But I think they had to give it back. I think Fox might have taken it back. Uh, they're taking it back. Well, Fox, you know... Notorious for their great video but games. I don't know. Now I feel like that's wrong. I don't think Fox has... I have no idea. So I don't know, but I think so it would be a good video game. I you think picked... you could do lots of fun stuff with it. And there's lots of different options. Stop <laughs> doing that. <laughs> you don't Fine, know. Fine, tell me your perfect last game, Sequel. I am going to pick a game I actually played. I, I have the Buffy the game, is, I just haven't played it yet. You managed to violate a rule I didn't even think to put in the rules. Like, I thought... You make them up as we go along. I thought for sure we would only pick games we'd played. And so, like, the thought never occurred to me that I would that you would be like, I really want to remake a game that I have no idea about. Or, in my honorable mentions, I also have another game that I haven't played. Unbelievable. I am picking PsyOps. What is that? Psyops, the Mind Gate Conspiracy. It was a third-person action-adventure game for PlayStation 2. A lot of my choices, PlayStation 2. I think the reason behind that is that PlayStation 2 had a lot of really great ideas, and I feel like the technology has finally come around to really fully realize those ideas. And maybe that's what's so great about video games, is that like the, because the technology is constantly moving forward, you never feel like an idea has been fully realized. You can always go back and make a, an older idea work great again and it's not even like film where sometimes the you know remaking it in a modern way doesn't help things but like yeah. remastering games almost always makes them fun to play again and brings them back and you can experience it again in an additive way psyops is a is it like i said it's a third person action adventure game where you have psychic powers and it was the first time that that had really ever happened where you had a gun in one hand and superpowers in the other so, like, you could use telekinesis to, like, grab plates off the wall and smack people in the head with them. Cool. At, a, a lot of traversal in that game was hopping on things that you could then levitate with your telekinesis and move yourself around the, the environment. hoverboard? Yeah. It was super cool, and the game was really, really neat and really ahead of its time. There were other powers. I think you could, like, shoot fire and, like, take over people's brains and stuff. But really, all you ever used was the telekinesis. And it was the best Star Wars game ever made, and it wasn't even a Star Wars game. Because you felt like you had the fucking force. You could, like, pick dudes up and throw them off balconies. And there was a great sandbox mode. It was, like, the first time I ever remember a sandbox mode being in a video game where you could just spawn as many enemies as you wanted to and then, like, get wrecking balls that you could throw at them and, like, big boxes that you could crush them with. And it, it really gave you the freedom to use your powers however you wanted to see them used and you had the opportunity to like find your way through an asymmetric game like however you wanted to do it was the right way and that was really the first time that that had happened either where it really felt like you were free to to take the tools and apply them to the situation however you wanted to the story was really forgettable i think it was pretty stupid but the game itself was a lot was of fun, fun. 
I'm surprised you didn't say time splitters because you've been trying, you've been playing that again. Well, you like it a lot. I really would love a time splitters sequel, but I worry that it wouldn't age well. Also, time splitters does sort of have sequels in the way that first person shooters did continue to evolve and they kept making games. And I would like something that felt like time splitters again, but I they didn't make anything that felt like psyops again. They didn't make anything that felt like War of the Monsters again. They never made anything that felt like Enter the Matrix again. Like, I'm trying to get back to these experiences, not just, like, a franchise that I like. Like, Do you think we're going to get hate for not picking anything from the N64? No, neither of us had an N64. <laughs> True. <laughs> like I said, I only had a PlayStation also, 1. Also, they made fucking sequels to all those games. What about Goldeneye? Well, that's different. They could. I mean, they made tons of James Bond games after that, and several of them for PlayStation 2 were really good. They that went into Perfect Dark, and they they literally made a sequel to to that, and then another one, and because again, first person shooters sort of kept evolving, yeah. and really, if you want to get serious about it, Time Splitters was a sequel to Goldeneye. Oh, was it? Very very similar. Oh, it has a similar vibe to it, and I think some of the dev people are the same, although I don't know because I N sixty four doesn't interest me at all. Hi, I'm the Research Fairy. We looked into it, and it turns out that many of the developers working at Free Radical, who developed the excellent Time Splitters series, were also former employees of Rare, who did Goldeneye. Who would have known? I was right. Back to your program already in progress. I also would like to make a, a dishonorable mention. I am not shouting out a sequel to Half Life, which is a. <laughs> a I I almost put that on my list just as a joke. A well, it's on every fucking list. Of, like Watch Mojo, somebody at Watch Mojo like works for Valve, <laughs> and they're like, we got to keep the 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 fire burning for Half Life. Fucking Half Life is a at best C plus game, and at worst is painfully painfully boring. The first one was whatever, but like it's not special. I don't I never understand. Any of them. Like Portal was special. Portal had did some really cool yeah. stuff, but Half Life was really never that interesting and. I don't understand why people. Are, I played all of the ones that they made. There's half. There's there two oh, half lives. There's I don't one know. half life. There's so there's Half Life one and then there's Half Life two, which is episodic. Okay. So I think there's two episodes or three episodes, but there was a there's like a fifteen or sixteen year gap now between episode two and the <laughs> the, the promised episode three because. Valve doesn't understand how episodic works. Do you think part of the reason is just because they got too caught up in Steam? I don't know what the reason is. And, I, and I'll tell you one more thing. I don't fucking care at all. <laughs> I think it would be really funny if, like, in 2020, people just got on Steam and it, it there was just, like, a Half-Life episode up and they had never said anything about it. And you could just download it. I think that would be really funny. I think it would be really funny to never, ever do it. <laughs> I think the funniest thing that Valve could do is pull the other two off of Steam of <laughs> or collapse Steam entirely. Like, just take their money and run and leave all of the fucking neckbeard idiots weeping. What if this is like a Mandela effect thing where like Half-Life 3 did exist and that's why everyone's asking about it, but we're in like an alternate timeline where it never existed. I... Don't care. Again, like, it's so, like, <laughs> the only people who are really into Half-Life anymore are the, like, the PC master race dickheads on Reddit anyway, and I'm, like, not at all even remotely interested in their opinion. Half-Life is the, the holy grail of worthless people who have created nothing. Whoa. So, go fuck yourselves. Hot take. <laughs> 
you are pining over a mediocre game from 20 years ago or whatever, and I'm not interested at all. So, PsyOps. Let's make another one of those. Okay. I'm going to go into honorable mentions because of PsyOps. Yeah. Um, my honorable mentions go to, and this does this violates the rule, but I want Battlefront 3. I think we Wait, all... can I press the, where's the, the buzzer number? Why did you press a buzzer? Because you said it breaks the rules. Yeah, that's, so that's why it wasn't on my list, fool. <laughs> that's why I literally just said, it's an honorable mention because it broke the rules. Because I was listening when the rules were said, and you weren't listening because you don't care about the rules. I've said this before. So I want a Battlefront three. I and I think everybody who a know, good one. Well, I think what everybody knows what I mean is I want a sequel to Pandemic's Battlefront two, from two thousand what six or seven. It was such a great game and it was so much fun. And then when they did Battlefront, EA did Battlefront. It was really bad. And then they did Battlefront two and they told everybody they were going to fix everything. And then they uh, spoiler Lied. alert did not. <laughs> I would like a special shout out to the people who managed to turn a Star Wars war game into a two-time failure you have literally a license to print money yeah that's a, video games exist as a medium for star wars battlefront the reason we built them from the very beginning was so that we could play star wars and you fucked that up twice well i think it's so funny too because i think if they had been uh middling games like c C games, people would have been like, it's fun, we're playing Star Wars. But because right. they were so bad, Star Wars as a as an entity couldn't even save the game. You, you got spotted 50 points to start and you still lost. It's amazing to me that that's even possible. And I mean, it's been a rough year for Star Wars. That year was a rough year for Star Wars. The, the episode eight year was not good. Everything that happened for Star Wars was bad. But it, it stuns me that you failed so miserably to make a good game in that. And I'm not saying I could do a better game right now, but I think with your budget and your team, I sure as fuck could have done a better game because it's not that hard to make a Star Wars game that people want to play. And you have possibly the most vocal fan community in the world. They told you exactly what they wanted, and they were going to pay you out the nose for it. And so I don't understand why you had to try to nickel and dime them. And I wonder... How much profit you thought you were going to make nickel and diamond? Like, what was the expected return? And then couple, like, like compare that against how many sales you lost. Whatever you made on the microtransactions, you lost so much more than that in sales because people didn't want to play your fucking horse shit game. Yeah. So that's really the only honorable mention that I had is games that I wanted a sequel to is Battlefront. I mean, obviously we both want a good Fallout game. It looks like we're fucked on that. At least um, for the next 10 years. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not feeling very confident about the upcoming Elder Scrolls game. I feel like we're gonna take it in the shorts on that one, too. Really? Why? Because they look at what they've been doing. Everything about what Skyrim was, was sort of prophesized by how great 3 and New Vegas were. I mean, Oblivion was great. Oblivion was so good, it made us all know that Fallout 3 was gonna be great. And New Vegas was great. And Skyrim was great. So great, we bought it 17 times. Right. So great that they keep releasing it. <laughs> and then Fallout 4 happened. And I think Fallout 4 really showed you that they were going to go a different way. And I don't know. Maybe it's the smart way to know. go. But it's not the way either of us wanted it to no. go. And then the new one shows that they're going even further down that road. Honestly, I can't. Fallout is one of my favorite franchises of all time. And anybody who knows me knows this, like... We had a Fallout theme to our wedding. It's true. That's how much I love Fallout. We had a big 
vault door in our ceremony and reception space. It was awesome. But here's the thing. I am so disinterested in Fallout 76. I don't even read anything about it. I don't care. I am not interested. From the very first thing I heard about it, I was like, this game is not for me. It's not going to be fun. Everything they're saying is making me think that this is a horrible experience for somebody who wants the kind of experience of playing Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. It's nothing like those. And they're getting rid of all the things I like and only bringing in things I hate, yeah. which is crafting bases. I do well, not care. What it amazes me is like that was the criticism I heard so much working in games. Everybody said like, oh, the base building thing got really tiresome and like the resource collection thing was really annoying because I just wanted to play the game. And they were like, oh, so you just want a full, we could like do a Fortnite kind With of game. no story. And all you do is kill other people you see and build bases for some reason. And so instead of having a really immersive story experience, you're going to have some idiot 12-year-old trolling you, blowing up everything you try to do and interrupting everything you're trying to have fun with. So thanks, Todd. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Todd, you were the good guy. You were St. Todd. And we hated the other guy. Pete Hines. And now Pete Hines is spitting in the face of Saying Nazis. Fuck Nazis. And yeah. like, Pete Hines is like my guy, <laughs> and you're making shit games. What the fuck happened? I don't. Whatever. Okay. Don't you, why don't you give me a, an honorable mention? Okay, so a couple of honorable mentions I have is one of them is also kind of cheating. Be, don't pl press the buzzer. <laughs> no. So this one is a little bit cheating, I guess. Sort of, I don't know, you can take it how it is. But I think there should be a true successor to Until Dawn. What is wrong with you? They just announced no, no, no. the fortune the of sequels for thing. you. Okay, I think what the... Stop, Why can't you follow the rules? I swear. If you hear a thud, it's because I punched Xander in the face. No hitting. Don't press that button again. You're like that cat. Look at my face. Look You're at like it. that cat. That Look at my eyes. Stop it. <laughs> okay, the podcast is over. <laughs> no, okay. I am very excited about the Dark Pictures series, and I think it's going to be really cool. And the Son of Medan, or I can't remember what it's no. called. Would you say, though, that like if you take Until Dawn as sort of a anthology series anyway, which it pretty well always was going to be, like... Do you you can't actually want a sequel with those characters? Yeah, I guess that's true. I think what I'm mostly the only thing that's why I said I feel like it's cheating. It's just mostly I wanted to talk about how much I love until right. dawn. Uh, I I am a little bit on. They said that these are going to be all like a lot shorter, and so they're going to be like small, like biter sized games yeah. of only a couple hours. And, and so I you like, want a bigger. I experience. want a bigger game, and that's really the only thing that I'm saying. And they did say that the dark pictures are going to like sort of intertwine with each other. So maybe it will feel like that yeah. at the end of the day. Well, I, th I think it's an experiment in episodic gameplay again. And I, I, I think it's a neat idea. I'm really behind it. And I think really, if you think about it, it is the sequel that you would want. Because yeah. if the other option is to just do more of the same, y'all, super massive, right? Yeah. Y'all not really getting it with the rest of your shit what like, else do they do your impatient game was whack <laughs> it was scary though it, it was scary in like the five nights at freddy's like ooga booga way but it wasn't like i don't know i thought it was really bad and i did not enjoy it at all 
We didn't finish it. We played uh, it one time, and then we were like, whatever. I was so, too scared to keep playing. And I was too bored. So, good job. Super so, nice. I guess maybe, let's let's say The Man of Medan is the sequel, so I don't need a sequel, because it's Well, I think you could say that the the whole thing is a sequel. Yeah. Like, the whole Dark, the Pictures Dark Pictures idea is the sequel. Okay, so a couple other minds are Pokemon Snap. That could use this. Because that was such an innovative thing, and it was so much fun to play. Imagine Pokemon Snap on the Switch. Unfortunately, see that would be great. But Wouldn't what they're gonna fun? do is they're gonna do some dickhead AR thing with the fucking phones. If you're still playing Pokemon Go and you're over the age of, <laughs> there's still a lot of people playing Pokemon. Over Go. the age of twelve and under the age of forty, you need to get your fucking life together. No, you can play Pokemon Go if you want to. Get it together. <laughs> But I think Pokemon Snap would be so fun. That's one of those games I didn't ever actually get to play because I didn't have the right system for it. Um, but when my mom and I would go to Blockbuster every Friday night to rent VHS videos, uh, they had like a little um, yeah. tutorial level and, and I would the, play it every single time I went so there. Did you know that that kiosk, you could plug your, if you had the game, you could plug your game in and print your pictures. What? Yeah, you could print out like little strips. Life of it. is not fair. <laughs> How come I never got to play Pokemon Snap? So let us know on Twitter uh, what your um, what your games what games you want to see a sequel to. I'm gonna get I'm gonna try to console her a little bit here. And uh, next week we're gonna have Zasha on the show with yeah. us. I'm really looking forward to that. He's coming into town for my birthday, and we're gonna talk about some music stuff, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, so, it's gonna be super fun. So don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Subscribe. And for the love of God, five stars. Yeah, I think we have a couple of five-star ratings. I'm still working on that giveaway. I promise it's a real thing. Get your friends together. And listen and download Have five-star review parties. It's, it'll, it'll be a good time. And we'll send you something nice. I will draw you a picture. For every five-star review, I will draw you a picture or write you a poem. Tweet at us. Oh, that's a great thing. And, and someday she'll come up with her giveaway, but I will draw you a bad po- picture or write you a silly poem. Yay. Hit us up. Let us know that you're listening. Uh, yell at us about things we got wrong. If you have any topics you think would be good for the show, we'd be happy to look at them. Again, if you want to come be on the show, let us know. We'd love to have you. And finally, if we could get some comments and some tweets directed at... At Madeline here for not following the rules. We're trying to get her on the right path. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. This uh, meeting of the Desert Island Society is now closed. Stop it. I hate you.